0: I want to welcome those of you that are online. Thanks so much for watching and tuning in. And we just are continuing to pray and believe uh, for our nation, aren't we? You know, I know i talked to so many people and seen so many posts and videos that we are praying for healing and racial reconciliation in our nation. We're seeing big steps, uh, protests that are, that are peaceful, prayer rallies that are continuing throughout our community, through our state and our nation. And so we're praying and continuing to believe you know, for, the, for the unification and reconciliation with the black community and, and praying for them and, and having justice and, and, and ultimately really though, we are praying and believing for God to continue to advance his kingdom. Uh, to see healing in people's lives and families, to, to see uh, families continue to come back together. And, and we are in a fantastic series. Uh, we're launching out on, on a series in Ephesians. And so last week we did Ephesians 1. And so this week we're going to touch on Ephesians 2 and cover the first 10 verses in that chapter. And man, I'll tell you, if you don't If you haven't read Ephesians before, it is one of the most dynamic books in all the Bible, in all the Scripture. There's six chapters, and it's kind of broken up into two sections where you have the the first section talks about who we are, and and the second section talks about what we should be doing. So this is going to be uh, a life-changing message because so many people that I encounter and meet, and maybe you, you watching or you here in the auditorium, so many Christians try and live out their Christianity in their own human ability. Right? So many times it's, it's, it's our own attempts, uh, it's our own effort, and when that's the case, it's very, very short-lived. Because trying with all the determination in the world will still end us, uh, cause us to, to end up feeling frustrated. Uh, it, it'll bring us to this end, you know, to this dead end where we're, where we're frustrated and we don't know why we're, we're at this place. And so I want to talk about several significant things that are in relation to that. One, one is just the, the understanding that there is a big difference between trying and training. Like if I were to ask you today, right now, to go and run a marathon with me. Like let's say, hey, I want you to come right now. Let's, let's put on our shoes. Let's put on our running shoes. And we're just going to start out. And we're going to go run 26.2 miles right now. And many of you, you would look at me and you go well, that's great, wonderful idea, (laughs) maybe you could do it, but I could try. I would make some kind of attempt. Some of us would go, I'd make it to the end of the sidewalk, I could make it down to the end of the neighborhood, but I, I probably would not be able to make 26 miles. Well, what if I introduced this idea, this understanding of, instead of trying to do that today, what if you and I decided to be teammates, become training partners, and we decided to train to run a marathon a year from now. If I propose that to you, you might go, whoa, Like I probably couldn't do that today. But when you're talking about 52 weeks, 365 days, if I trained and took time and effort and kind of worked myself to it, some of you are going, I still wouldn't be able to do it. And I get that, and I understand. And it's so hard and challenging. I mean, there's a small percentage of people that can. But if we trained to do a half marathon or 5K, you would say to me, I think I can do that. And so studying the Gospels and, and, and dialing into who God is and learning and training yourself to be more like Christ is way more effective and essential. So here's the two challenges I want to give to you. One, in a year run a marathon. Two, take the whole next year to train yourself to be like Jesus. That in a year from now, you just might look more like Him. Because when we are in Christ, I mean, everything in our life should change. Because if you're a Christ follower, you know that we are called to let our light shine. That, that's a phrase that we've heard before that, that we love to use. But many times, you know, we claim that, but our light isn't shining so bright. We're more, we're more like a little match. You know, we're just like a little spark. Because if we actually live this life, and, and, and it came out of us, if we made decisions of, of decent moral character, then Christ would be revealed in our life. And more people would want to follow Jesus just because we're living that way. But unfortunately, many Christians just simply claim it as a title, and it doesn't affect who they are. They act one way, publicly, and unfortunately, behind closed doors... Are completely different. What if we actually lived a life like the power of the Holy Spirit's inside of us? I mean, when we truly understand who Jesus is and what he did for us, I feel like that should change us. Because in John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Now when we read this verse, it's simple, it's short. We could read that and it looks like guilt is laced in that verse doesn't it? If you obey me, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. But what if we looked at that in a different perspective? In fact, Chris, Pastor Chris Hodges of Church of the Highlands, uh, he, he, in, in the freedom study, he talks about where he, he uses this verse and he says it a little bit differently, where we can understand what's truly meant. He says that, that our love for Jesus makes obeying a whole lot easier, doesn't it? Let me give you some examples. If you're an angry person, like let's say right now, if you were to look at yourself and you, you go, yeah, you know, I struggle with anger. For you to be angry is easy, isn't it? It just takes something small to set you off. If you're a generous person, uh, for you to be giving towards other people is easy for you, isn't it? Well, living a lifestyle that reflects Christ comes from the overflow of our love for him. And so, in this chapter of Ephesians, in chapter 2, we're going to be ta- we're going to talk about being alive in Christ. And this is going to be so powerful, so significant for so many of you because right now you're feeling just the, the tension inside of you where you look at your life and you feel like you've been trying to look like Christ, but now something needs to change, it needs to be different. And that's where we come alive in Christ. So we're going to cover our past, we're going to cover our our present and we're going to take a look at our future. And so the first thing I want to share with you is, who were we? Who we were, right, before Christ? Who were you? Who, who was I? But, and, and, and oftentimes when we think about the, the things of our past, uh, I don't know about you, but I just kind of shake my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I make some of those decisions that I made in the past? And how am I even still alive today, uh, for one? But we often look at who we were And we're a little bit disappointed or shameful. And so let's take a look at Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. It says, Once you were dead. Because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So the, the first thing that we have to recognize is that there is absolutely a battle for our souls, we have to fully acknowledge that God sent Jesus. Yes, that's amazing. But there is also an enemy, Satan, who is battling for us. And so Satan tries to... to he attempts to persuade our thinking, to persuade our emotions, to, to, to misalign the way we make our decisions. And, and so before you know, we started following Jesus... There were a lot of things that, that held us back, held us down, right? I mean, th- things that caused negative emotions inside of us. We, we dealt with fear. We dealt with hurt and anger and loneliness. And, and, and oftentimes, that would lead us towards sinful decisions. But the reality is, is that that not only was then, but, but it's something that we struggle with now. And so if you find yourself that you're struggling with that and you're living a destructive lifestyle in how you make those decisions... Here's what I want to share with you. In Ephesians 3, in in verse 3, this is what happened. It says, all of us, every single one of us, we used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And so without Jesus, we absolutely are subject to the judgment of God. Now, when we, when we read Ephesians 1, we talked about our identity in Christ and who we are in him. And Paul, the, the writer of the book of Ephesians, he's reminding us and the Ephesians that who we would be without Jesus. He's just reminding us of that. He's like, hey, this is who you were, and, and without him, man, things are a mess. I mean, do you remember? For those of us that are following Christ and following him now, do you remember what it was like before Christ, B.C.? In your life, I know for, for us, uh, you know, that, that's our testimony, that's our story. You know, when you look at your story, w- what words would you use to describe yourself before? I know for me in my life, you know, I, at times I struggle with being selfish now, but I was extremely selfish before I had fully surrendered my life to Christ. I mean, all the decisions that I made were all about me, and I didn't care who they affected, even if they hurt other people around me, friends, family, it, I didn't care. I made all those decisions because of me and what I want to do. And and I felt like I was constantly having to look over my shoulder because of the lifestyle I was leading, because of my decisions. And so just because you're in church or you're watching online, it doesn't mean that you're following Christ with all the passion that that you should be. Uh, Because I know I I grew up in the church. I went to church all the time, Christian family, and I found myself at a place where I was not following him at all. But we can have a spirit-led life. And I just, it's, when we talk about who we were and who we are and who we can be, you know, I I just unfortunately have met far too many cultural Christians who have weak faith where we're constantly living in the past of all the decisions that we made in the past and we go, God, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me of that. And I get that. And forgiveness is absolutely essential and important, but... There is so much more available than who we were and staying in that place. One of the restaurants that my sons and I like to go to is a sushi buffet. I don't know if you're a big sushi fan or not. We love sushi. Uh, And so my boys uh, are young and growing. And so to, to have the opportunity to go to a place where there is unlimited food is the best thing ever to them. Uh, and so uh, we'll take them you know, there for a sushi uh, restaurant, sushi buffet, and they love it. They will crush it. I'm talking six, seven, eight, 12 plates of food. And you're going, how in the world can somebody do that? Is that even possible? Where does all this food go? And I'll tell you, I, I'll be honest, Like I try and keep up with them as best I can. And so when we go there, we crush it. We eat so much food. But here's why I share that story. Going to a, a sushi buffet... And only eating the eel is like having weak faith in Christ. Now, when I, when I talk about the eel, like I don't even eat the eel. To me, it's kind of squirmy, and, and, and like I won't even touch that. But it's in relation to us in following after Christ. It's not just one thing that, that's probably not that great that's available. We're, we have the whole buffet that's available to us. And so there's a, a powerful verse in Ephesians 2, starting in verse 4, that we've got to get. And it starts like this, it says, but God, everybody say that out loud, but But God is so rich in his mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised us, when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So we talk about who we were and now the second thing we've got to look at is who we are now this is so important. I mean, we have forgiveness, yes, which we talked about and we need. Now we can walk in that forgiveness and take steps forward where we have fulfillment in our life where we can live a bold lifestyle for Christ, where we can have authority. Do you know what it is to have authority wherever it is that you, that you walk, where, the room that you walk into, the, the business meetings, the boardroom, when you have authority? One of the things that they said about Christ, uh, it, it, they said, I've never met somebody that, that had so much authority in the scriptures where we can have righteousness and walk in power. And so here, here's what I want to remind you of. You know, We know who we were far too well But so often we live that way. But who are you now? Because you are not who you used to be. You are not still that person. Once we change and our identity comes in Christ, everything changes. So where you had fear and worry, but God comes into our life and he gives us peace and restoration and comfort. Where where we had doubt, where we had disbelief, but God comes in and he gives us faith and determination and boldness. Where we had sadness and depression, but God steps into our life and we can have joy and contentment with what we have in our life. I mean, so when you talk about but God, we look at the circumstances that we're dealing with, but God makes us alive in Christ. And so what situation in your life right now do you need to trust that God will work things out for your benefit? Stop looking at the past and the situation and the circumstance where it was. And let's start looking at what God might do and how he's moving forward. Because it continues in verse 6. It says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So whatever situation that you're facing or whatever situation you're going to face in the future... We have the authority and the lordship of Jesus Christ in the midst of that situation. That should change us in who we are. Like, I hope that you're getting this. I hope that you can understand the magnitude of what, it, what these verses are talking about. When Paul writes that we can grab a hold of and become alive in Christ and live differently now in who we are. It continues in verse 7. So God can point to us, can point to us in all the future ages as examples of incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So when you look at who you were, hopefully it's much different than who you are now. In living in that and there's a third aspect that we've got to talk about it's the future who we can be you ever think about the future and and moving forward and and what that looks like the goals the plans next week next month next year five years from now because I would dare say that in the future that you and I are gonna walk out nothing's impossible Do you actually believe that nothing is impossible for God? Because we read that in scripture when the angel encountered Mary, one of the things that, that she was going, she's going, whoa, 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 how can I be pregnant? This doesn't make sense. And we know that it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the angel said to her, nothing is impossible with God. So when you look at your life, are you willing to be so bold? To say, gosh, who I might become, what God might do through me is more than I've ever thought or imagined because you and I have unlimited potential inside of us because of, the, the, because of Christ and who we identify with, because of God's power, because, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Unlimited, nothing is impossible. And it says in verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Have you ever really seen yourself as a masterpiece? Oftentimes when we use the word masterpiece, we think of a painting, right? Something that a a painter painted a long time ago and it's on the wall, it's on display in a museum, it's a masterpiece. It's special, one of a kind, unique, has so much value, doesn't it? Have you ever seen yourself as that? So so I I would I would challenge you, I would implore you to stop looking at yourself uh, in, in, in the light where you go, Oh, I wish I was. So many times we find ourselves saying that about ourselves. I wish I was thinner, I wish I was stronger, I wish I was smarter, I wish I was good enough. Because you're not a mistake. Paul is saying that you're a masterpiece, one of a kind, so value, so so valuable in who you are. So what if we stop looking over our shoulder? Stop looking at the past, letting that hold us down, and started looking at who we actually could be, because there's a powerful word in that, in that words in, in Ephesians 2.10, where it says, not only were we, we are a masterpiece, but we are made anew. So we're made new every single day with forgiveness and restoration, but you and I, literally in our life, in our identity, as we move forward, we can be made new. So who can we be? What opportunities are out there that God is leading us towards in changing our character? Maybe we decide, we're like, hey, instead of being so critical, I'm going to start being encouraging to the people around me. M- maybe, maybe I'm going to allow all the, the confidence in Christ to rise up inside of me instead of remaining so insecure in who I, who I think I am and who I'm not. Maybe just one of those things is you as a business leader make this decision. Say, you know what? It's time for me to stand up in my faith in who I am in the business community. So you're a strong business leader. And I know sometimes we get to this place where we feel desperate. We feel like we're struggling. What if we begin to cry out to God out of desperation because I know when somebody's desperate when somebody comes to me and they're desperate I know I can feel it and the reality is in our life we should be desperate as unto God because he can recognize our desperation as well so I'm willing or I want to, to challenge you to be willing to look at the things that that possibly God planned long ago as opportunities as you move forward So what does that look like for you? I want to give just some some simple examples. What are the things that you look at and you go, man, imagine if? God, what's the things that that God has put on your heart and your mind that, that you go, oh, that would be amazing. That would be incredible. One of the things I want to share is what if discipling an unwed teenage mom was one of the things that God laid on your heart? Think about how amazing that would be. And not, I'm not talking about just a weekend experience or, or just for a year. I'm talking about where you disciple an unwed teenage mom so that you would be at the wedding of the child that she's going to, be, she's going to birth. That's the type of thing that you would go, oh, I, I can't even imagine that. I mean, I'm talking where God is using you so significantly, not only in her life, but the child's life in every single generation following that even gives me goosebumps to say, do, do we, sometimes we just we don't think that way. And that's exactly what Paul's writing you know, for us. What, what if the construction company that you start, you make the determination that you say 20% of the profit that com, comes in is going to go to transitional housing. What if you just make that bold declaration, God might lead you in that direction and, and be amazing. What if, what if it's in relation to baptism of the Holy Spirit? You know, being baptized in the Holy Spirit is one of the things that oftentimes Christians are scared of and, and, and they wonder about, and, and it often brings a lot of disunity within the church on, on what happens and what takes place. What if, what if you decided, where you, you've read the book of Acts, You see the examples of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you go, you know what? Instead of being scared of it, I'm going to lean into that, because obviously something significant always always happened after that took place. How bad do you want to change from who you were? Do you have any idea the magnitude of what Christ did for you by laying his life down? Do you get and really allow the power of the Holy Spirit to resonate inside of you as you move forward? Because you're not limited. We are alive. Like, that's amazing. That that should change us. We should believe for big things. And I know we're believing big things for racial reconciliation. We're believing for healing. I have a friend believing for healing a miracle from cancer. I have friends that are believing for the miracle of life and to have a child. I have friends that are believing to to have the opportunity to open their own business, to open their own store, despite difficulties and struggles. What is the big thing that you're willing to believe for? And right now, you might not know it. I mean, let's be honest. Right? Maybe you're challenged or encouraged by this message and you go, I, I have no idea. So here we're going to pray and we're going to pray and believe for big things, but I want to pray and also believe for that thing that God just might unfold and put out in front of you that we would be willing to say yes. Because part of it is the obedience and the willingness on us to take that step. So as you take this passage of scripture and allow it to resonate in your soul and who you are as you pray and pray through it that god might lay something on your heart that you go that's it and that the holy spirit will show you so if you would pray with me right now let's believe together four big things and so god i thank you so much first and foremost that you are powerful that you are strong you are not limited in any way and we fully acknowledge that you are more capable than we give you credit and God, we just want to admit that so many times we've, un- we've not allowed you to do the things in us or through us that we knew you wanted to. And so, Father, we, just, we apologize for that. We're so sorry for, for the things that we didn't do when you put it in front of us, when we didn't leap out on that opportunity, when our faith just wasn't able to grab a hold of that or take those steps. But God, that was then. I pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would outpour on every single one of us. Just this, this newness in Christ, our identity being in him, the idea that that we are not limited in any form or fashion because we're linked to you. We're seated in heavenly realms with Christ and so God would you pour out on us in powerful amazing ways, Lord in business and in the marketplace, Lord in home, in our marriages with our kids as we disciple our children. Lord, as you put wealth in our hands to be able to make the decisions that we need to, that you put on our hearts. God, those bold, bold ventures that are coming. Lord, as you put them there, that we would see them. And God, I also pray for wisdom. So many times in our life, we want to follow your will, but sometimes we're just not sure. And Lord, sometimes it just, it seems like there's this thing that's so big. It's audacious faith. And we want to. But we want to know it to you. Lord, I pray right now for those of us that are struggling with understanding your will and, and if we're to take that step or not, God, that you would just be so clear. Would you be so generous as our loving Father that you wouldn't just be on our shoulder and whisper in our ear, but that you would open up the heavens and that you would reveal your glory, reveal your splendor, Lord. Would you speak to us in visions and dreams? Would you speak to us through your word? Would you give us confirmation through, through our best friends? Those that we seek counsel from, that they would give godly counsel and insight to what you are speaking for us as we move forward. God, we don't want to make mistakes. We want to pursue after you. But, Lord, we are fully aware that we are not a mistake. And when you're leading and guiding us, there are no mistakes. Sometimes the the journey, meanders left and right. But, God, would you show, would you shine light? Would you show your goodness and your power and your authority? that bold things would take place. Lord, that this message, this passage of Scripture would be a milestone marker in our lives, that we would go, it was that day, it was that moment, and now, look what God has done. Lord, we speak all these things into existence. In Jesus' name.